Welcome to the Capital Insight Podcast with Jenny Casson and Michelle Timish, two capital raising experts on a mission to demystify and equify the world of investment for entrepreneurs and investors alike. Listen in as they sit down with fundraising veterans and share with you the success stories and cautionary tales of outside the box capital raising. This is Capital Insight. Hello, I'm Jenny Casson here with Michelle Timish. And today what we wanted to talk about is what happens when you get your first yes from an investor. I um, recently was working with a client and I was actually on a call with her and her potential investor and she got a yes. She got her first yes. And I was noticing certain feelings coming up in me, um, almost as if I was the person raising money and not just there to support her. And I noticed that it wasn't like a hundred percent like positive and celebration. So I thought it would be really good to talk about that because you know, we might think like, oh my God, that's the be all and end all. You get your first yes, you're on your way. But, you know, sometimes like new things can come up that can get in your way. And even the anticipation of those things, even unconsciously could maybe stop you from getting your first yes. So I thought it would be helpful to just get really honest and put out on the table all the different thoughts and feelings that can come up when you get your first yes, and um, then talk about some ways to address those. So Michelle, do you have any memory? I know you've been raising money for a really long time for many things. Do you remember the first time you got a yes from an investor and how you felt? I definitely remember feeling elated in the moment. But then when I walked away, knowing that I had this commitment, that's when I started freaking out. You, re- you realize you've spent, or at least in my case, it took me a while to get that first yes. So the energy that I was in for months in talking about the project and um, for, for me, it was a, a real estate project and you're talking about it, talking about it, you're selling everybody on this idea and why you are the person to bring this forward. And you're in this certain mindset. And then all of a sudden you get a yes and you start to think, oh my God, now I have to actually do it. Now I have <laughs> to do that thing I've been talking about. And you do feel a little more distance from that. At least at least I did in my case. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's easier in a way to just be pitching it, knowing in the back of your mind, like, oh, well, worst case scenario, I don't have to go forward with this. <laughs> I could just like go do something else. But the fir- the minute you get your first yes, you're kind of, you're on the hook. <laughs> and then you got to, you know, keep raising because often, you know, that first yes isn't for the full amount that you need to raise. Um, yeah. 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 And you're thinking about, you're thinking about this, you know, you're, you've just defined, you've just redefined the relationship that you have with this person. So presumably it's not someone you met five minutes ago and they're investing in your company because, you know, seeking investment capital is relationship building. And oftentimes you will be talking to people in your community and in your network, especially if you're raising money the way we teach. So you 
are changing that relationship. And I'm, I'm sure that that has something to do with it. You start thinking about things like, I, what if I let them down? What if it doesn't work? What if, what if I lose all their money? You start going down that path in a way that you really haven't done before you got your first yes. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And one thing that I felt like, and it's so I'm, I'm glad I like caught myself because I was, all these crazy thoughts were coming into my head and I wasn't even the one raising money, (laughs) but I was just like imagining what it might feel like if it was, um, you know, my first time raising money. And, and it was a long time ago for me too. the first time I got a yes. Um, And I could try to remember how I felt, but this time I felt like, oh my God, why did they say yes? Like, what if they don't really know me? What if they really knew me? Would they still have said yes? (laughs) And then I just was like, oh my God, you know, what if, what do they see in me? You know, what if I can't do the thing that they think I can do? What if they don't really, you know, know the real me? I just kind of started feeling that feeling of um, imposter syndrome. I hate that term. It's way overused and people, you know, too many women are told like you have imposter syndrome, but there is reality to it. Like there's a little part of me that says like, oh my gosh, if they really knew me, and all my flaws and all my failings, they would never have said yes, you know? So that's a good one to be aware of. Um, And what I realized is it's a lot of it does have to do not just with imposter syndrome, but also this thing of wanting to take care of the other person, like wanting to protect them from me (laughs) and all the things I might do wrong and all the ways I might fail. Um, Like, oh my God, wait a minute. Are you sure? You know, (laughs) but wait, you know, what if you lose all your money? What if I let you down? What if I'm not the person you think I am, you know? So it's not just about like your own doubts about yourself. It's also like wanting to protect them. And that's something I noticed. I hate to say it. Women especially do is not kind of staying in our lane and being like, wow, they said, yes, they must think I'm great. They must think what I'm doing is great. Awesome. You know, they made that decision. Let's go. You know, it's like, you almost want to, you know, ask them, are you sure? That and you, you do, you want to protect the other person. I think the other thing that goes on oftentimes that's quite common is this fear that we have of, of really stepping into our true power. Cause of course, a lot of times the missing link in an endeavor to use enterprise, especially as a force for good in the world is the realization that now you have the means to do it. You have the means to go forward and the means to make it happen. And in a lot of cases, that can be actually more terrifying than being in scarcity. Because when you're in scarcity and you need the money before you can make the change or step into your light, so to speak, then you're safer there. You're not really putting yourself out there. I, I think it was uh, Marion Williamson has that quote that everybody uh, talks about. Um, what was that quote? I was just looking at that quote. It's very appropriate for this conversation. 
our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And I know it goes on from there and many, you know, please look it up if you haven't heard it, but many people have heard it. And yes, I think that is a big part of it. It's not just the other things, the imposter syndrome, the, the, feeling like, oh my God, now I have to do this thing, the um, wanting to caretake for the other person, but it's like, oh my God, I might actually get to go out and be big and be that highest, uh, go to that highest level of what's possible for me and reach my full potential and have that impact I want to have. As exciting as that is, it is scary. It's a big responsibility. And so many of us were told when we were young that it wasn't okay to be big and be bold and be loud and, you know, take up space, you know? So yeah, that's a huge part of it. What do you think are some of the things that we can do to combat that, that feeling and, you know, handle, handle them when they do come up? Yeah, well, I, the whole reason I wanted to talk about this today was to kind of get the word out that this might happen, because I think you're not really expecting it. You know, you're, when you're raising money, like you make a decision, I'm going to raise money to do this thing. And you invest in a lawyer and a coach and like good accounting and marketing materials. Like you, you make that commitment to do it. And you think, oh my God, all I want is for that first yes to finally come. And so you get your first yes. And maybe the feelings you get aren't exactly what you (laughs) were expecting them to be. And so I think number one is just being prepared that this might happen and just knowing like, okay, this is part of it. This is part of the growth. It's totally normal you know, I can handle it. I knew this might happen. It's okay. And then of course, like hopefully being in community with others who have maybe gone through something similar. So you don't feel like alone or without support. That and the point you made earlier, I think about staying in your lane, not taking on the caregiver role for your, for your investors feelings or, um, that you perceive so that you are able to keep it in perspective, let them worry about them and you worry about you so that you can do your job. Yeah. I mean, it's really as much as we think we're being such sweet people by being so concerned about our investors well-being, like, honestly, it's a little bit disrespectful to be so worried, you know, they are big boys and girls and people, (laughs) um, and they know the risks. You would not let them invest if they didn't, you know, read everything you could give them about all the risks and the possibilities and the opportunities and the information they need. Legally, they're going to be signing something. You know, if you have a good lawyer, they'll be signing something where they're acknowledging all the risks. They wouldn't invest if they didn't want to invest and they know the risks. So be super respectful that they are adults. They're making their own decisions. Um, You you know, just be super happy and grateful that they saw something in you that got them excited and just, you know, keep the momentum up from that. Yeah. And I think it's just a really good idea in general to be mindful. This is 
we had, um, I don't remember when that was that we created the assessment tool that we use for our clients to help them get an idea and a sense of what are the issues that come up for them during this journey. I mean, we are all cultured in, in different ways around money. We don't do a lot of it in our education system or broadly in society. In fact, money is often a, a taboo subject. So the culturing that we receive, the messaging the values that we receive around money and its value often comes from our families. And it's astounding in, in our, our work, how much we see patterns of, um, these mindset issues that really do get in the way of people's ability to go out and raise the capital that they need. So I guess I was just, you know, we could talk about all of those things. Maybe we need to do more podcasts about <laughs> each of, one each of these different topics. <laughs> we should give like a name to each one, like, um, we imposter Ida or something. <laughs> But yeah, I think um, we do have a whole episode where we talk about that. Uh, we'll That's we'll make a note in the show notes if you want to learn more about all the different mindset gremlins that we've talked about. And of course, those are probably just scratching the surface. Um, one thing that I was thinking about in terms of making that commitment, we were talk I was talking about earlier how if you've made a commitment to raise money, you've probably done some things to really show that commitment. Like hopefully you've hired a lawyer, hopefully you've, you know, gotten your books together. You've made the effort to make some nice marketing materials to show to people, you know, so that demonstrates a commitment by investing that time and money and energy into the process. Um, but the more you can do to really be firm in your commitment, I was thinking about how sometimes people need to like burn something down to prevent themselves from going back to it in, when they get too scared. <laughs> like mm -hmm. for example, like let's say you have a day job and you decided I want to raise money for my business, but in the back of your mind, like you're not a hundred percent committed. Cause you're like, well, worst case scenario, I could just go back to my day job or, you know, recommit to my day job, you know, anything you can do to like fully commit, even if it's scary, you know, it's kind of like when you're on a, if you were doing a trapeze <laughs> and you have to let go of one thing to grab onto the other one, um, anything you can do to fully be in your commitment is so helpful because as these things come up, it's, you're just going to keep going because you, I hate to say it, but you're not giving yourself any other choice. <laughs> you have to do it. And that's, and what we've seen over and over and over is commitment comes first. And then as you take action based on your commitment, you get better and better at it. You learn how to deal with all the feelings that come up. You find more and more resources to support you. I mean, this is what my story, it's what happened to me over time as I just found myself over and over jumping into things and making a commitment to them, even though they were terrifying and I didn't know how to do them. I just kept going and it got easier and easier and it got more fun and the mindset issues weren't as intense, although they still come up. So yeah, commitment is an important one as well. Any last yeah. pieces of advice before we close? Yeah, I think my final piece of advice would be to 
try not to fear. I mean, you're going to fear, you're going to be uncomfortable, but standing in that discomfort, I used to actually roll my eyes anytime I heard someone say that phrase. (laughs) So, because I didn't understand what it meant um, until I started a mindfulness practice, but essentially you are, you take the power away from that anxiety, that anxiousness. Usually there's a physical component that comes with your stressors. If you can learn to stand in that discomfort, you will find that those feelings of anxiousness and flight dissipate. Mm. So I think that that goes kind of hand in hand with a lot of the new experiences and new challenges that you might be facing as you begin a journey in capital raising. Yes. The fear of the fear can be worse than the fear itself. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, we very much hope this was helpful. Something to be aware of as you go out and start getting your business funded. Do you have any questions for our securities lawyers and capital raising experts? Call the podcast hotline and leave us a message at 866-552-7726, extension 5. You can also send other inquiries to podcast at jennycasson.com. We'd love to hear from you. Music for the Capital Insight podcast is still searching by Damon Criswell via Audio Hero. Thank you for listening to Capital Insight with Jenny Casson and Michelle Timish. Until next time.